0: HR professionals, business owners, and operations at all levels are struggling to figure out what needs to change. Our system has been shocked, practices have been questioned, and conversations are finally happening. We all know there has been a huge shift in what people want. Inclusion and diversity are common phrases, but often misunderstood. Generations are coming together more than ever on what's important. Mental health has been brought to the forefront of everyone's mind. Let's humanize these conversations. Let's talk about what's important for employees to be successful in life and at their job, and how companies can create an environment to allow them to do both. Because successful people will make up a successful workforce. I'm Leanne Lovely. Let's get this conversation started. Dr. Delane Fowler is a recognized expert in Work Health Connections, a physical therapist specializing in workplace injury, Delane has helped thousands of patients on their road to physical recovery. After years of treating people in her office, she could not help think there was a better way to help people before their problem ended up in surgery. After watching surgeons chase pain from one body part to another and employees waiting for the doctors to ask the same question, she realized this was not going to happen. She decided to start collaborating with companies to find out if changing the way people work might stop employees from what would, in many cases, be a lifetime of pain and suffering due to multiple surgeries, only chasing symptoms. She quickly discovered treating employees as individual athletes and applying her skill sets in care and coaching had a profoundly positive impact on employees based in the companies. Today, she dedicates her focus toward preventing the strains, stress, and injury that cost companies millions. Delane's company serves 10,000 employees by placing physical therapy and certified athletic trainers where they're needed most, the workplace. Her clients include major brands like Aldi, Jaldwin, and Dillard. Delane is a popular keynote speaker and workplace safety thought leader known for her practical approach and industry-shaping insight. Delane, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have this conversation. Same, Leanne. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure.
1: My name is Delane Fowler. I'm a physical therapist by trade. Um, I fell in super luckily early on in my career into helping employees be well and feel well. So I was, um, I got frustrated in my PT clinic because I was seeing all these employees at, at the same jobs getting the same kind of injuries and then having the same surgeries. And so one day, just a few months into my practice, I started calling companies and, and asking them, like, hey, can I come and look at these jobs, like super curious about what people do and just had an opportunity to start watching how people work and what people actually do, which is really incredible to watch how people work and how p- things are made and how things get done and how food gets to our table. It's just a, a blessing to us and, and um, a miracle, honestly, that we can all come together to make, make uh, the world go round. So, it, that, so I have been an uh, injury prevention specialist as a physical therapist for 19 years. Um, I am my own practice and and we now help. We st- I started out with my little office 15 years ago, helping about 15 people a day. And now we help about 10,000 people a day across the U.S. with our programs.
0: That is, wow, that's <laughs> awesome. And I think when you and I originally spoke and just kind of got to know each other a little bit, the thing that really stood out with me was that you physically go in to some of these companies, when you see, you know, repeat people coming in with injuries that are similar, um, it, it just, it like makes so much sense. You know, you don't see, you know, you don't see a, a surgeon going in and saying, wow, I've seen this injury a million times, and they all come from the same, you know, they just, they don't do that. Well, they probably don't have time. Well, they don't have time to do that. But it makes so much sense that if you see somebody, Or a group of people who are working at the same company. Well, gee, why don't we go figure out why they all have the same, you know, shoulder injury? What are they doing to create this same problem? Right. Right. So I wanna I wanna talk about that because I'm I'm wildly fascinated by this. Like it just seems like so much makes so much sense. You know, and, and I, I know there are some of these monster sized companies out there who have, you know, clinics right on site. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm sure it's it probably kind of it's because of that. Well, and because, you know, hey, if we can treat our employees here, why have them? drive? Yeah. But I see. so he, tell me a little bit about how you consult with those companies and what you what you do. Sure, um, and it can be a myriad of
1: things. But our, our, you know, what makes an impact with our employers is when we place an athletic trainer or physical therapist in house with their their company uh, within the warehouse or what it, however they want us to structure it, and we are basically their frontline healthcare provider for anything musculoskeletal and most injuries on site are going to be musculoskeletal related um, because it's it's kind of like in the military. In the military, um, in the army especially, they'll send, when you get injured, they send you to the PT and the PT decides is it musculoskeletal or not? If it's not, you go to the physician right away, mm-hmm. right? There's no, you know, you go directly line But if it is, then you stay with PT. And so we took that model and applied it um, on site. So, and these people, they're really not to the injury point they're even before that, they're with just the, this is, this is tired. This is a fatigue. This is sore. Mm -hmm. And so you really are going directly to the cause of that issue, dealing with it very early. That way we're uh, dealing with a problem when it's this small, not when it's this big and trying to say, okay, well, let's, let's see if we can do ice and do all the first aid things that we can here. And then we're going to go to where you work Mm -hmm. and figure out like, Oh, are you lifting that box in an odd way? Are you grabbing those potato bags like this instead of, you know, underhanded like you should, and then coach them into their good habits. So we kind of have a care side and a coaching side of our business. And and we like to all together. And we like to be that relationship driven person in-house with the knowledge you know that that's usually the problem is that you have these caring hr people environmental health and safety employees who want to do the best for their employees but their their knowledge base is in a different direction and and so to have a healthcare provider there with that knowledge base to say this is musculoskeletal or, or this is the reason why this is happening um has had a tremendous impact on our clients
0: and that's absolutely awesome to be able to have um somebody physically come in and watch and see so do you make, you know, do you go then to management and say, hey, I'm going to make a recommendation? Can we, or can we change this up and, and, you know, alter the way that things are being done? Certainly. And and we, we definitely put the coaching into
1: the employee because we want the employee, you know, I, we tell our employees a lot, like, you might work at this location, this job for two years, five years, five months, 10 years. But no matter where you go after this you're going to take your back your shoulder your neck with you and so let's teach you into good habits here so that you're carrying them forward no matter where you go now if it's a this line design is improper so really the way i fell in love with this um, job and and what we do is uh way back forever ago i was i was called out to a company i was watching this lady work and she walked up to me she said hey She said, I moved from that line to this line a couple months ago. And ever since my wrist is killing me, I was like, okay. I said, well, let's, let's watch. I'll just watch you work. And then I realized after like a few minutes, she was reaching over and pressing this button with a really weird hand posture, like every so many seconds. I was like, "Hmm, okay. So I called the maintenance guy over and said, Hey, can we move that button like from there to somewhere else where it's a little bit more accessible? And he was like, yeah, I don't see why not. So I came back just a few weeks later and the lady almost tackled me. She was so happy because she, her wrist pain went away, but even more important, all of the people on that line had told her, thank you. They had told her, thank you, because she was the advocate for them so that nobody else on that line had to deal with that risk. Cause they were all having wrist pain, right? They were all having wrist pain. And so I was like, oh my gosh, we went to the source. We fix the ergonomic issue and there it is. And sometimes the ergonomic issue is about line design, but a lot of times it's in the bad habits that we build up over time, thinking that they're good for us or that we're, we're getting uh, products faster onto our palettes or, you know, making a product widget faster or something. And usually it's not really true. Right. Um, Yeah. It's just a training issue.
0: Interesting. And, and the, the fact that so many other people stayed silent on that yeah. for as long as they did, which is – and we, I guess, as a society, we've just we, – we've become silent and and we've – I guess we've taught our employees that that's the way we want them to, to be. And now right. we're trying to unravel that behavior. Hey, right. you're, you're in yeah. pain all the time. Well okay let's let's talk about that is there something that i can do that's within reason i mean obviously you can't pick right. up an entire machine or you can't complete you can't re- reconfigure the machine completely but if it's a reasonable accommodation that's going to actually stop you from being in pain which inevitably is going to make you more you know productive mm-hmm. Uh, uh, why don't people bring it up and and that comes down to fear well if if I if my employer is upset with me or if I you know I, I mean but something as simple as that, like hey, move this move this button. But here's something that's I also find so I was talking to um you know a friend of mine, and there was a um there was a fan sitting on the floor because it was a wildly hot day. And unfortunately, where the outlet was made it so that the cord came across the walkway. And so as somebody was walking through, they said, you need to move. You can't have the fan sitting there. And he's like, "Okay, I I understand. And then he he goes, however, you do realize that the way that this machine is set up causes the vacuum that I have to put in the machine to be completely across the walkway every day. So the Mm -hmm. little tiny cord that is the, you know, trip hazard is nothing in comparison to this vacuum that is set up. So there is often, you know, things that our companies are aware of and they still just turn a blind eye to it unless it's, oh, gee, the cord's not supposed to be there. But, you know, hey, my vacuum cord, my whole vacuum is... You know, it's like so. Right. Companies are still very guilty of we'll break the rules when it satisfies us, but yeah. not you know.
1: And and companies can't do everything all
0: at once either.
1: Um, I, we found that at many of our companies, their management teams—they have you know—we've been on this lean management system for you know several decades at this point. And so, lean management sounds nice, but if you don't have people to take take care of the people, right? and to take care of the problems you know if your engineering department gets ransacked through you know hiring and turnover then those lists of to do get longer and longer and so that's what we find with our our especially the the client, our clients our companies that hire us they they obviously care a lot about their employees that they're putting a physical therapist or athletic trainer in there to take care of people but it, and and so but i agree that's that it's like well what's the next priority right and that gets put in front of some things that seem like, well, why can't we just take care of this? And, and some, one work area that those tasks may not even affect this area over here. And so you're sitting there for however long and waiting on things to get done. So I, I can see it both ways. There are, there are some companies who, who could care less. Like they're just trying to get products out the door and products in the door. And um, But uh, the, the employers we work with, we can tell that they're they really are trying hard to accommodate and trying to take care of the people, especially now, like you're you're really right that we've come to this point where we realize that our people are our most valuable things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and if we're willing to take care of them in just a, even in as many small ways as we can. And not not like just putting lipstick on a pig, like actually caring about them and saying how can we make this workplace better because they're going to spend a third of their day with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those companies are, are the ones that are actually going to win in the end.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. And there's and but if you truly looked at the list, right? Because look at the list of all of the different things that you could that you could do to improve your employee's life that mm-hmm. list becomes really long like with all of the mm-hmm. offerings out there you've got training and development you've got um you know giving offering extra vacation or you know there's companies out there that are now buying employees their lunches or providing lunches on site with huge you know re- redo your lunch room redo your space Physical therapy, making sure that – I mean the lists of different th- – and it's it's overwhelming for, for companies to be like, well, God, how am I going to implement all of this? Mm-hmm. So the awesome thing is that you are actually seeing companies starting to implement one thing at a time over a period of time. And, and they're not just saying, okay, yeah, we're going to do that. They're intentionally making an effort – to make their employees lives better but it's it's like anything else it doesn't happen in one day it doesn't happen in two it happens in you know days and months and years and but i have seen you know drastic improvements you know there was a time where when i would walk into some plants i'm like well i'm not going to use the bathroom here because they were you just knew like you walk in and you're like oh this place is disgusting. And now I've walked into some manufacturing companies and I'm like, my God, I could eat off this floor. It's Absolutely. so clean. it's so pristine. It's you know they they make it a huge effort to keep the temperature from being, you know extremely high despite the fact that they're running these hot, you know Jeez. large machines, um, they've got huge fans, um, you know, and and that's a huge that's a big deal, especially when, you know, machinists, you know, back in the old day, you expect them to come home dirty and covered in grease. Right. And that's that's not that's not the way that it is anymore. And and trust me, I grew up my it's, you know, just saw my my dad here doing work. Um, I just saw, he you know, when I was a little when a little kid. Um, he worked at a at a machine company, and he used to come home, and he was filthy. Sure. But now those those companies, you don't. That's not the way that you have to come home anymore. I mean, and there's always the exception. You know, if you've ever walked into a foundry, it's impossible uh, to keep a foundry yeah. clean. But, um. Anyways, I digress. Um, completely off on a tangent here. So tell me a little bit more. i obviously we've talked about you going physically into these organizations. Tell me a little bit more about, you know, what you, your business, you know, does You know, back at your, you know, do you do everything from, you know, sports medicine to then tell me a little bit more about that. So our PT clinic, again, we're celebrating
1: our 15th year anniversary today. Oh my, so cool. oh, seriously.
0: It's today. Yeah. yeah. Today is
1: our day. So we're, we're, everybody's excited. And, um, you know, I started my PT clinic helping about 15 people a day. And and again, now we help 10,000 people a day and we we help a lot of people. My clinic, I'm lucky to have a tremendous team of physical therapists who see everybody from that um, little kid who uh, is on the spectrum and their mom just wants them to walk up and down the stairs better. Right. So we'll see that kind of issue all the way, you know, to our, our athletes and our industrial athletes our, our people who get hurt on the job. And we really rehabilitate those people who have had surgeries um, and all the way up to our our 90 plus year olds who are live and kick in and say, look, I just want to be able to, you know, uh, swing my golf club without my shoulder hurting. And so we uh, take a lot of pride in, in helping our community in Salisbury and in Concord, North Carolina. With our PT care. So it's a lot of fun. It's a t- great to be a part of the community. Um, you know, everybody thinks about physical therapists and all you only go there when you have like when you're an athlete or something like that. And I, I am really trying to change the paradigm that um, if it's musculoskeletal, if it's an ache or a pain, that's from your muscles or your joints. Um, a physical therapist should be in your ring of care. Um, you should be in the middle of that care. We love to communicate with our physicians. We love to communicate with chiropractors and, and acupuncturists and massage therapists, whoever is in that paradigm for you. Um, we think physical therapists should be one of those people. And, and so I try to get the word out as much as possible that, you know, so, cause some people will like, well, my, I have arthritis in my hands. I'm like, yes. Um, but is that really why you're hurting mm-hmm. it could be just tissue tension because you're getting tight right. so yeah so, yeah
0: yeah i i've come to understand so much more about i see a um i see a chiropractor cool. yeah. and i've i've come to understand so much more about you know the nervous system and understanding you know if you get that nervous system working properly and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I've seen a physical therapist m- multiple times throughout my um, my life. I'm starting to get old now, so I can, you know, now check the box of all of the doctors that, you know, I've had in- <laughs> as you start to get age. Old, I get older <laughs> every day. <laughs> yeah. um, and and I, I completely agree. You, you absolutely, you need to, um, you know, have all of those individuals communicating. Mm -hmm. Um, because if, if they're not, it's, it's like just throwing dart at the board and hoping that you hit the right spot. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, I still do the recommendations of my physical therapist and my chiropractor and Mm -hmm. keep myself, you know, straight as I'm hunching over in my chair. And so that's what everybody does when I start talking
1: about physical therapy.
0: I know sit up straight I'm like oh yeah. yeah not my posture yeah, the, the dreaded p
1: word the posture word yeah I, uh, not
0: uh, the p word oh uh. and, and my posture is terrible like I'll mm-hmm. I'll remind myself on a regular basis like stop like hunching over I'm like yeah it's it's terrible well, yeah you
1: know, the, the easy thing with a chair when you sit in a chair quite a bit like I do a standing desk like, I, I it took me a couple of months to train into it um, to stand like I used to, I would be able to stand in the morning, but towards about two o'clock or so, I'm like, I cannot think anymore. Let me sit down so I can think. Um, but it took me about six weeks and now I can stand and think and write and do all those things. So I like my, my standing or mobility desk as I call it, because I can put my feet up and I can put my feet in anyway, just move whatever I want. But the nice thing about a chair is that you can take a towel and roll it up about this big and put it in your low back. And then that that automatically pulls you back. And so and you don't even have to think about it. It's just there. So when you're driving, when you're sitting in a chair.
0: And you, I I actually have a, a pillow. Um, that little pillow, yeah. Yep, the little the little minute. But however, I never actually You can't get back onto it. Right, yeah. I never actually sit back. I'm always on the end of my chair. Um, mm-hmm. which is terrible. Like I always am on the end of my chair, always leaning forward, always and that's my that's my horrible, like posture thing. And then by the end of the day, I'm like, why do my elbows hurt? Because I'm always <laughs> leaning on my elbows. I'm always, you know, have my, my, you know, and if the if the audience could actually see us, you know, I'm putting my chin in my <laughs> hand. And by the end of the day, my face hurts, because I'm like, doing all these goofy, I, I don't know, I, my husband, my husband will come in to And he's like, you've got that look on your face. And I'm like, what look? And he's like, that stupid look you get when you're deep in thought. And I'm like, uh, thanks. thanks honey <laughs> but <laughs> but I have friends who I've I met I'm actually met at work who've known me for 15 well one one my actually one of my best friends um she she says it too she's like you get this work look she's like and she goes it's like the stupidest look and I'm like great that's that's fabulous. <laughs> Yeah,
1: when my when my middle son, my nine year old is really he's done it since he was little when he's really focusing, he sticks his tongue out.
0: Oh, does he see like, and I, like Michael Jordan, you know, like, yeah, I, I do this thing with my lips, apparently where my I, I pucker my lips or something. And, and <laughs> I've had multiple people go, what are you doing with your lips? And I'm like, I, I don't know not thinking thinking right thinking really hard and then one day I actually saw my my grandfather doing something with his lips and I was like I wonder if that's what I do he like puckers Mm -hmm. his lips out and I'm like I bet you that's what I do (laughs) it looks really dumb (laughs) oh yes Um, we all have we all uh, have our things
1: our kind of crazy things we do
0: yeah that uh, uh yes we do we all have our um like rusting i'm not yeah. gonna say the full the rusting yeah. face but yeah yeah
1: i always say we're all beautifully and wonderfully made and all unique and so we have to appreciate that uniqueness about ourselves and uh,
0: accept it for what it is well and now in the zoom world and in all of the technology i i'm forced to look at myself and realize the faces that i sometimes make and i'm going <laughs> oh okay uh, <laughs> so what are some what are some of the advice you give to people whether they're you know standing all day working or sitting all day i mean yeah um so so for people who work from home
1: and, and people who are and in, in offices um i we were we weren't built to be still whether it's sitting or standing we were built to move even they did research on astronauts and they put them up into space and said, "Okay, when they sleep because there's no gravity, then they're going to move. They're not going to move because they won't have the weight. their Their joints won't want don't don't need to readjust. They'll be happy. But the truth is, they move all the time, and in space, almost as much as they do on Earth uh, while sleeping. And so, I want to for everybody to own the fact that our bodies and our brains are very much connected." that that we have to emotionally unwind physically unwind within that rest time while we're sleeping and so getting good rest is not just good for you to for just your brain and your body but them together um so i always encourage people like um if you want to have a better work life getting that sleep and unwinding in that sleep and allowing yourself to unwind in that time is really really important and finding a quality sleep and then from uh a desk point again I called my desk my mobility desk it's a standing desk mm-hmm. but I can put my feet up I can put my feet over on my desk I can work like this I can work like this I can work straight on um so I I give myself a lot of options to to stand I change my shoes out I'll take my shoes off I'll you know all those things so it's it's good to stay mobile um you know, you can all do all sorts of you know, you do split stance, like you put one foot behind the other to work. Um, and all of that is really good for you throughout the day, but just standing one place or sitting one place all day, it really is draining, um, on our energy sources and our middle capacity throughout the day.
0: Interesting. So, um, I got to go back to this in space thing. Oh, the time. astronaut. Yeah. So even so, I always assumed that the reason that your body, you know, when at rest, that the reason that your body moved is because you were p- putting pressure, you know, for a long period of time on on one side of your body, or you're putting pressure on on something, and that you're adjusting for what you just said because mm-hmm. it's an uncomfort thing. Or so even in in rest in space when there is that, that concern, because there is no gravity, you have no pressure point. The brain is still saying that you should move. Mm-hmm. And, and why, why do you think that is? Yeah. I think, again, I just
1: think that our systems are built to move. People are meant to move. We don't move enough. Um, in, in our, in our societies today, we've devalued exercise and movement, um, and and what that would what that really looks like for human beings, right? We've been using these big old brains and saying, right. "Well, we got these big old brains. Why do we need the rest of it, right?" Why, this little meat pod that I'm in can just do whatever. But with why I think the astronauts move is because, and why we move at night um, is because we're emotionally unwinding um throughout the day. So I don't know if you've ever had an emotional release. I am uh, so I'm lucky that as a student as a PT student I had this lady and she was lovely. And I was trying to help her get her right shoulder um it was a frozen she had a frozen shoulder and we were working on it working on it but we couldn't get that last like 20 degrees of flexion she just could not get there. And so one day I was like okay listen I'm going to stick my hand in your armpit and I'm going to massage a muscle that's in there just to see, I don't know, you know, I'm just going to try this. Are you good with it? And she's like, yeah, you're I mean, having a lovely conversation, laughing, talking. I stuck my hand in her armpit and she lost it like full on, a full on ugly cry. And she said, I don't know why I'm crying. She's like, it doesn't hurt. She's like, I don't know why I'm crying. She cried, cried three more times. We got the range of motion back. But in that moment, I realized that we get emotions and memories and all those things stuck somewhere occasionally. I wouldn't say they're all the time, mm-hmm. but, and if we're not moving enough, we're not allowing our emotional selves um, and our mental selves to have the full capacity of their, our health. Right. We do it. So, so I, I think the astronauts move because they're, they're physically manifesting their thoughts and emotions and and they need to a way to escape.
0: Interesting. And uh, wow, that and that's that's an amazing story. Um and and I think that you're very correct and um that movement is is not just about the simple movement that there's there's more to it. That it is our brain's way of expressing um because <clears throat> again, you'll see that in in a complete crowd, for instance, who's experiencing something profound, or for you go to a concert, right, and all I of a the sudden right. you see everybody at the same time jumping up and down, and you're like, "Why is everybody's reaction to jump up and down at a very, you know, excite exciting sound?" Yeah, super primal, isn't it? Right, right. And then all of a sudden, you go to you know a different venue where it's a very emotional song, and you see everybody go very still. You know, you don't. It's it's almost it like you said primal. It's it's like your body is natural reaction is it follows the brain's obviously the brain you know controls the body, but those you know. You don't see somebody jumping up and down typically when it's a very emotional, you know, sad or profound, you don't see typically somebody jumping up and down. Right. So the interesting thing about, um,
1: so even, even a person who doesn't have their sight, if they are running and win the race, they still go into victory, even if they can't see that you know, they still, so we, as, as human beings, we have our signs for, you know, I am victorious. I am this, I am that. Right. Why, why do moms, I, dads probably do it too, but why do moms when they have their babies on their hip, what are they doing? Rocking. Everything, right. Like, i, mean, I don't hold my four-year-old all that much anymore but i usually he w- usually wants me to hold him while we're at church and like there'll be music going on so i just find myself like
0: right. you know, left and right
1: so so funny but i don't do it if he's not i'm not holding him.
0: right no not i i i always whenever i was holding my my daughter and she's five now so i can barely pick her up and hold her for any length of time um, <laughs> get heavy, those things what the Suckers get heavy Oh, I know. she She tries to jump in my lap, and I'm like, "I have to brace myself now." I'm like, oh God <laughs> but but you're right, there is universal things that people do without without even knowing that they're doing it. Blind individual, even people who you know people who are deaf, they they will make the same you know, almost types of of um, noises, and they can't even hear themselves. Right. But they will still, you know, and, and those who do make noises, who do have some verbal, they will still make the, you know, ah, ah, when they're excited. Yes. Yeah. But they don't, they don't hear that. There are universal things that are ingrained in us from whatever. Right. Yeah. Something. It's the same thing. Again, we, you know, if you were to start to study animal behavior and things like that, why is it that animals that have never seen each other from across, you know, hundreds of miles of way all do and act the same way if they're the same species right you know and then we can go into the whole psychology of how is it that the whales in the ocean sing a new or is it whales or dolphins Dol- yeah dolphins but
1: my kids were talking about how different animals in the ocean communicate and how like all the whales have a different song and and every year it's different yeah that's just incredible and yeah people are a lot like that so and it kind of goes back to what you were talking about why 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 do people not self advocate? Why are why are we sitting stuck um, with our employers instead of you know speaking up and having an outlet for it? We have some incredible employers, and so if if you have a complaint about your area or something going wrong in your area, you can report it and it goes on a task list. Um, we, we've solved one big problem for one of our employers in there where we're helping prioritize those task lists in an order of physical demand Mm -hmm. and, and, and how many people it affects, right? So it could be a low physical demand, but if it's affecting 400 people, maybe that's a priority, right? right? So, um, and and so we're we're helping that them along and have have certainly crunched down on their tasks, but it gives the employee a, a, an outlet even if they're somebody who you know doesn't like to make waves or mm-hmm. whatever. And and I think sometimes um, if we've had an upbringing to where like mom and dad are the authority, they are right. Teacher is authority, he or she is right. You know um, if in, and you're lost in that versus let me find my own voice, you may end up being that employee that's like, well, I can't say anything, even though like my wrist is killing me. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate companies who will give people a way to self-advocate. And, and also we need to remember too, um, on the employee side, um, assume one of my HR friends the other day said, assume good intentions. Mm -hmm. If we just started with, let's assume good intentions until it's proven otherwise on both sides of that coin and to be kind to your manager. Cause a lot of times first line managers, like this is the first time they're doing this. This is like their first rodeo in trying to figure all of it out. And you want them to be the expert cause all, cause they have the title of manager or HR person or whatever. Um, they're still growing too. And so I, I, we try to talk a lot about that as consultants as well. I try to tell our, our athletic trainers who might've been athletic trainers for a long time and um, doing consulting with, with us in our industries and say, look, like you're going to run into managers who've been managers for a long time. And you got ones that were just last week in the employee shoes and now they're managers. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and help them along.
0: Right. Right. And those, and those first time managers are often, you know, everybody's going to run to them. They have a relationship with all the employees. Everybody's going to unload on them and they're going to go, Oh, I can't go to my manager with all of this because, you know, now they're, uh, trying to navigate what that looks like. Right. Yeah. My husband's, um,
1: he's, he had a small management group before uh, he took his new job and now he's over managers. And so that's been a new dynamic for him. It's been fun to watch him grow in saying, like, "How do I?" It's not really about me managing all the people under my team. It's about me helping my managers be better managers. Right. And and so it's kind of fun to watch his his progress as he develops. And then, and to take that in as myself too. You know, I have a, I have a team of fifty people and um, forty and forty to fifty people that that work uh, in our company. And so you know, it's easy for me just to pick up the phone and solve a problem, but that's maybe probably not what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And so I try to remind myself, like, let me let my manager sign. Let me let our COO shine and and do the right things.
0: And that's amazing. So, um, I want to point that out again before we, um, start to wrap up. And I ask you the question this season, you said 15 years, um, it is uh, because this is not going to go out today. It is September 1st today and you've celebrating 15 years in business. Congratulations. That's absolutely amazing. Um, you started off with what just you and how did your business start? Yeah. So I had a,
1: a front office person, me part-time and a PT assistant part-time. And then I had to work another job to make ends meet so, so for about three years, I, I worked part-time in my business as I grew that PT assistant to a full-time, um, and kept working my other job. And then I was pregnant with my first son and I took this leap of hiring this amazing PT and I, and, um, she was really taking a risk on us too. Cause she was already, she had already been a manager mm-hmm. and I asked her and I'll never forget. I asked her in her interview, I'm like, you already have a great job. I cannot pay you what you're making. And I was like, why would you want to come work for me? And she said, because I have a six month old at home that I see before she gets up in the morning and after she goes to bed. Cause I, as that manager role, she was working 12, 14 hours a day. And so I, we, I gave her her, her time with her children back, um, and gave her a, a steady job to work in. And she gave me An amazing time. So that was ten years ago. We just celebrated her ten year anniversary. Oh, that's great. With us and um, those those kind of stories. That's really. It it wasn't me that did it. It was all the people along the way that were diving and say we care about people. Mm -hmm. And my, you know, I can't I can't be in twenty two states at one time. Right. Uh, But uh, we can find people who care about people who are. um, uh, We have a in our mission statement that. We are a group of happy, engaging, passionate professionals, and so if we can show up like that every day for our clients and our employees, like we're doing the right
0: thing. That that is an absolute amazing story, and um, wow. And and sometimes that's that's what it takes is finding the people who, um, who want to have that journey with you, however however selfish it may be. <clears throat> Excuse me. However selfish it may be um it becomes a an absolute beautiful story and a beautiful oh that sounds so hard. I was going to say in a beautiful friendship
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know and 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 I I lo- I love people in general and I care about people a lot so um it's it's fun to work with people that that are just fun to work with right yeah yeah and and um, keep, keep growing. There are a lot of people to help. Our, our big goal is to help 50,000 people now, right? We're helping 10,000 people. Now we want to help 50,000 people Well, we have the system do it. We have all the data show it works. Um, and, and now we just are, uh, excited to help whoever wants to open that
0: door. That's amazing. So I'm going to ask you the question of the season. Yeah. Um, what do you think will go down in the history books? from what the world has experienced over the last three years. Yes, well, I
1: definitely don't think the world will ever be the same. And you know, in the last three years we've had, um, it, AI was happening before uh, the last three years, for sure. Um, I've, I certainly had different things that you would have to pay for that would write things for you and do things for you. A uh, Netflix, Amazon, that's all AI. Um, but with the dawn of, dawn of these more public domains that are free for people, and the start of um, you know computer learning, computer model learning, I think that that in itself, the pandemic, it, it's going to change everything about how we all do our jobs. And I, I think the lesson we need to learn is that even though we all get older every day, there's no reason to stop learning. We have to keep learning because if not, we're going to get replaced, even as a physical therapist, even as an HR person, even as a podcaster, Um, you know, is, is chat GPT good enough to replace a podcaster? No, because a podcaster is relaying off of what the the, uh, guest is saying and the guest is talking to. So um, just the new jobs that are going to come out of this last three years between the pandemic how fast we were we were able to create a vaccine um, from genetic uh, you know genes and um, RNA like that's just mind-boggling that we'll be able to tack attack you know outside sources that are, are at bay you know are keeping us at bay from a, as a society to grow um, It's just going to be wild to watch but I think the the lesson we have to learn is that, We can't stop learning. (laughs) We have to keep figuring out those next steps to keep us as a human race together, um, to love one another, to care about one another. Um, I I bar my kids from being online too much because we have friends down the street. So I'd rather them go and hang out with the friends down the street than the greater world. Even if they're best friends online, I'm like, yeah, but they're not with you. Right. You need to be in their energy. Mm-hmm. you need to be with them and move with them not sit out on the couch and and play with them there that's all well and good and it can help people connect when they need to but it's not a it's not a solution um, for community and care and all that so i think that even though we have this world that's so vast now and like mm-hmm. yeah you know, i'm calling you from you know we're together i'm in north carolina where you're and it's just so i think that learning how to connect and learning how to love one another even if we know our worlds that much bigger is really
0: important. I, um, that is an awesome, awesome answer. And I, I remember, um, the first time, like this was, this was Pokemon go time. Okay. So this was quite a few years ago, but I remember the first time I saw, um, a little, um, he he wasn't so little, but he was, he was probably about 12. He looked like he was 17. He was so tall, such, he was just a huge kid his dad was a very large man and I remember he and his um, friend were outside and I'm like I, I looked at my husband I said what are they doing and he goes I, I'm not really sure and I'm like do they have like an iPhone or an iPad so they were outside they were they were outside playing they must right. have been like hey go outside and play but they had
1: they had, <laughs> they had,
0: they had like a, a an iPad and they were doing this whole Pokemon Go thing, and I'm like, I don't get it. Like, what 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 happened to the days of kids just going outside and kicking a soccer ball around? Right. And um, you know, and then we learned about this whole Pokemon Go thing happening, and then you just saw everybody. I'm like, what is this? Like, what is happening to the world where you can't even go outside and play? Without technology in your hand. I mean, yeah. and obviously this was many years ago, but this was still, like, to me, who's 42 years old, I rode, in the summer, I rode my bike to my girlfriend's house. We then rode our bikes all over the city. We went to the beach and we went, but again, we didn't have cell phones. I didn't yeah. get my first cell phone until I was 18 years old. 19. Sometime in the, that time period. And it was this it was huge. <laughs> I had I
1: had the brick that I was not allowed to touch unless it was an emergency in my car.
0: Yeah my my parents had a had a car phone. It was actually it was actually installed in their car, Ooh, and uh, I used to pretend that I like was talking yeah. about it because I was cool. Um, it, but you know,
1: yeah. technology I, it's amazing. Like you know, technology is amazing, but it, it's not a replacement for connecting with one right. another, and it's not a, and it's not a replacement for not moving. Uh, again, I, I think our, our mental health is suffering because we're not moving enough. Um, and and so I I throw my kids outside as as much as possible, not to get them out of my hair. I, I go and sit outside as much as possible. One of my friends was like, I was complaining about something. She's like, you need to check your vitamin D. Right. I was like, okay, no, my vitamin D is fine because I'm outside.
0: All the time. Right. And that's so. the other thing is how like mental health is suffering. Well, vitamin D, how, how many, how frequently do people sit in their homes versus sitting outside in the sun. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, my, my doctor still to this day in the winter will recommend make sure you take your vitamin D because you're not outside as, as often. Mm-hmm. Well, how I mean, that's got to be weighing on the world because we're not outside as much as we used to be. Well, anyways, we're, 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 I'm, I'm taking you on a tangent. Those those are my, those are mine. Those are my
1: answers. I I appreciate your, your thoughts too, because it's, it's important. Yeah. It's important for us to, to raise a generation of the next generation in the right way and to help people who work really hard. Um, I I always say it, I, I, during the pandemic, when I would go to some of our facilities, one of them um, is a, is a grocery store and, and uh, I would go there and almost start crying saying, thank you to those employees for showing up to work Mm because if they didn't show up, like I'm from the South, but I cannot grow a carrot. Like I, I can't, I don't hunt. I can't shoot a gun. So, so, um, and I probably could shoot one, but I'm not going to hit anything. And so, so to, to have people who are showing up to work, so I can have food on my table, I can feed my children. That's really, really important. And so I would, I just really appreciate people doing the things that make the world go round.
0: Oh, yeah. And that brings me back to something I was going to say before when you when we were talking about the whole thing about moving. We were back when humans first existed. That is what the body was made for. We weren't made for having these high intelligent brains. We had them. We were capable of making tools, but our bodies were created in order to have the capacity to hunt, to gather To be able to be on the move from the time that we woke up in the morning until the time that we went to bed and that, you know, and we don't do that anymore. We now go to the grocery store and buy our food. Yeah. So I'm going to guess that part of the reason that our bodies are created to move is because that's what we needed to do in order to survive.
1: Right. Yeah. Again, it's so primal. It's so fundamental just to move and, and to allow that instead of to fight that problem, like we talk about your lizard brain, right? Mm-hmm. The, you know, we're always talking about you got to fight your lizard brain. Well, maybe in this case, we don't need to fight our lizard brain. We just need to give into it mm-hmm. and to, to be active. And once you crest over, Oh, I am a human moving. I'm not just a human being. Mm-hmm. Then, then um, we can really get somewhere. Um, I, I, I send my kids to a particular school and I used to jokingly say, I'm like, yeah, they move more. Uh, but now I say, no, they move, they move more. Like they have more recess. They have more experiential learning where they're actually, instead of learning about the plant on screen, they're going outside and finding the plants. Right. All those things. And so, um, I, I send my kids to their school because I know they move more and that's more important to me than in any book learning that they're doing during the day.
0: Awesome. If somebody wanted to reach out to you, how would they go about doing that?
1: Sure. Absolutely. So they are welcome to contact us and on our website, accelerate, A-C-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E dash P as in Paul, T as in Tom.com. And you can click, click on my name and and email me right there. So that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, And if you want to talk to my team there, everybody's on there all the time. So we can hit you back and,
0: and love to chat. Awesome! This has been such an amazing conversation. I I really appreciate you coming on and sharing, um, you know, a, about yourself and your story. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: No, I appreciate you having me on me, and this was great. I'm super amazing as a host, so I appreciate you.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. You have yeah. a great day. Bye bye. Thank you again for listening to Let's Talk HR. I appreciate your time and support. Without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode, to follow us, like us, or share us. Have a wonderful day.